Welcome to our podcast, Growing Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. This program is brought to you by Victoria Kendall Hodson and Mary Emma Willis of Reflective Educational Perspectives. They are founders of the Learning Success Institute and Solomar Academy Independent Study Program. They are also co-authors of Discover Your Child's Learning Style and Self-Portrait Power Traits Assessment. Their mission is to give parents and teachers the tools to empower kids to thrive in the real world by focusing on their strength, or as they call it, power traits. Please visit powertraitsforlife.com or reflectiveed.com for more information. You can also check out learningsuccessinstitute.com and solomaracademy.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. I'm Mary Emma, and today we're continuing our discussion of how families can cope with the school-at-home situation due to the coronavirus. Last week, I spoke with educator Don Jackson, who gave great tips for parents on how to relax, let go of fears, and enjoy the adventure. Today, Edie Lamfar returns to share her perspective on this topic. Welcome back, Edie. Hi, Mary Emma. How are you doing? Really good. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> well, Edie, even though most kids are doing their lessons online, and I know that your school is also doing that, many parents are still worried that their kids will fall behind um, or not learn as much as they would if they were in their regular classrooms. Plus, the media keeps reporting there will be serious impacts for students. And it's true, there will be, but those are really more to do with their emotional well-being, I think, not whether they learn something new in algebra or memorize a poem or even do well on a test. And I'd like to get into that with you in a moment, since you're also very experienced in that area and you can bring in the social-emotional aspect of the situation. But first, as a classroom teacher and principal for many years, and now the Director of Curriculum and Development at your current school, could you speak to that fear of being behind or not learning what you need to, those kinds of things? Right. Well, you know, because the lockdown has happened here in California about three months before the end of the year, we're looking at um, probably about eight to ten weeks of being at home. And if we look at eight to 10 weeks in the term of anyone's life, right, eight to 10 weeks isn't going to make or break the competency of an individual. Mm. So part of what we're looking at now is that um, what we know about social emotional learning, about effective neuroscience, is that we learn best when we feel safe. So you can't expect that this time is going to be a challenging time for adults and kids. However, with that said, the more stress that a parent places on a child for the online learning, the less likely that child is going to learn what they need to learn. So part of it really falls to both teachers and parents to make that experience as safe as possible, as stress-free as possible. 
And, you know, we've talked before about how that's not the only learning we do in the world, right? We right. we don't just learn academics and that makes or breaks us as a human being, right. right? You and I have talked about there are many kids who don't necessarily do that well in the academic realm, but go on to be successful individuals, you know, as adults. Definitely. So there's all kinds of learning. And really, ideally, if parents are focusing on engaging with their kids in a calm, safe manner... Um, around everything, around cooking and cleaning mm-hmm. and game playing and reading. I can't stress enough how important this time can be for particularly reading and writing. If you are snuggling with your kid and writing with them and reading with them, making up stories, reading stories, right? Because you're laying down the foundation for future competencies in reading and writing. But that's true across the board in everything that children are doing right now. So that the more attention, right, that is actually given to children during this time and the most, not just attention, but really engaged, warm, affectionate attention. Yes. That actually builds up a child's resiliency. You know, we have this strange idea that in order for kids to do better, we have to make them feel worse. I learned that from Dr. Jane Nelson, right? (laughs) And we don't have to make them feel worse. They actually do better when we make them feel better, when we create safe, um, nurturing, warm environments for them to be in. And there is no better time for a family to strengthen their relationships than we've been given. It's actually an incredible blessing and gift. It's a great opportunity, I think, to see your kids a little bit differently because if you're not a a regular homeschooler, I mean, there are people out there that are homeschooling anyway, but those that are not, many, many, (laughs) there are many, and this has happened now, it's a great time to see your kids a little bit differently and, and interact with them in a different way and really contribute to their learning, like you're saying. Right, and to be able to see them interact with other people, to see them actually talking to their friends in their Mm -hmm. classroom, to see them talking with their teacher, to see who they are when they're not with you, even though you're there, you're getting to take a peek into their world. And it's interesting because I have a lot of parents saying to me right now, you know, I can't get my kids to do anything, but the teacher, all she has to say or all he has to say is, I need you to do this, and all of a sudden my kid will do that thing. And it's interesting because we have different relationships with people, right? So parents, you know, your job has never been to get them through, you know, school. That's been sort of the teachers. I mean, yes, parents support kids at school, but in the day-to-day living in a classroom, you know, the teachers are really the authority in that space. And so kids are re-evaluating and redetermining, you know, what does my parents' relationship to me look like? And I think... When we talk in terms of the social-emotional learning component, we look at everyone's reevaluating and rethinking their own way of interacting in the world. And that means adults in their worlds, kids in their worlds, all of us in our big global experience. And we're all, you know, reflecting on, wow, we've been really busy and we've been really distracted by a lot, particularly when we look at like phones and TV and, mm-hmm. and the media. And even now, one of the biggest recommendations I could make to families is put away your devices mm-hmm. for a period of time every day and just be together mm-hmm. so that you your world isn't impacted by the outside world. Because in that learning and the strengthening of those relationships, you're actually helping kids to feel good about themselves, to feel safe and secure. And that piece, when they go back to school, 
will help them to make up any gaps that happen in this time. Great. That's you know? a good point. Because yeah. I think they there might be gaps, but there also may not be any gaps. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going through this. So any gaps that are being experienced are being experienced globally, right? there. I would say they are more challenging in poorer and, you know, less fortunate economic mm-hmm. situations because they, um, some of their parents are essential workers and they don't have time to, you know, be with their children. Mm-hmm. So we have to, there will be gaps. And we already are seeing this economic disparity, right, in, yeah. in the way this virus has been playing out. So I think that's an important understanding Mm -hmm. too, to really know our families and know our kids and to look at how we can support them even then. But I think another blessing has been so many companies have opened up their software, their online resources so that parents for free so that parents and teachers can have access to things that would have cost too much before. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, really been a godsend for a lot of schools and families. Yeah. And also, as you said, I mean, learning happens all the time. We all know that. Right. And I mean, what's a gap really? Like, right. Do you, I mean, I always say this, we learn, th- we have to memorize things, for example, right. of states and capitals or yeah, whatever yeah. in certain grades. Yeah. Well, who remembers all that? Right. I mean, you're lucky if you remember the capital of your own state. Right, right. But but lots of other things like that. It isn't something like um, the skills are different. Like if you know how to add, you're not going to forget how to add. If you know how to read, you're not going to forget how to read. You know, things like that. But for information, especially now when people can find any information they want at any time. And plus, things are reviewed always at the beginning of the next year. Right. So I... Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about those gaps. That's my opinion. And we know research tells us that, you know, they studied high school graduates uh, nine months after they graduated and, you know, 95% is lost. Right. (laughs) You know, so really, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, right, this time is going to not matter. Not matter that much. Not matter. Thank you for that, you know, perspective. Hopefully that will put a lot of fears to rest. Right. Um, and now for the social emotional part with, you know, your expertise in this area, you've brought this important element to your schools, wherever you've been, your classrooms, um, in your one-on-one counseling sessions, because this affects every part of life, including learning. So if adults want more effective learning to take place, you kind of mentioned this a little bit before, we need to pay attention to the emotional impacts, especially when there's a scary crisis going on. Absolutely. So for students, this impact right now has more to do with what's going on really in their hearts and souls, right? How are they feeling? Scared, overwhelmed, depressed, shaken, just like the adults, right? And a mom recently wrote on Facebook that she didn't realize how scared her young daughter was. She noticed some signs and was asking her son questions. And her daughter's about eight or nine, and she said she was afraid she was going to die from the virus and wanted to be next to someone she loves when she oh. dies. <laughs> and her mom was so upset. She put this on Facebook to like sort of yeah. alert other parents because she yeah. said, I think I'm a really attentive mom, and I didn't know this. How could I not know yeah. this? So, you know, really pay attention. But this is a really important piece. It's hugely important yeah. because most kids aren't going to be able to tell us clearly, mm-hmm. here's what I'm feeling about 
this experience, right? Everything in their world has changed from being safe and and routine, predictable, predictable, mm-hmm. right? And now all of a sudden, everything they knew to be true is no longer that. And some parents do a really good job of keeping the news out of their children's mm-hmm. sphere. But because there's so much and adults forget that kids are listening, even when we think they aren't listening, kids have access to so yeah, much they information. Have their own phones they have their own everything. phones or their mm-hmm. devices. And so there is a level of terror around this pandemic that I think we can't stress enough how that will impact, not just now, but for years to come, Mm -hmm. for who these kids become. You know, we talk about post-9-11 babies. Well, we're going to have a group of kids who are post-pandemic babies. And what is that going to look like? How is this going to shift their Mm -hmm. ability to be resilient? And how are they going to be able to manage sort of ups and downs when and a down can be your whole world gets shut down, you know? Right. So we don't know really the, the long-term effects might be from this, but I do know that there are ways to mitigate that impact. And one of them is so simple is to sit and talk to your child. Mm. And that's to ask them, how are they feeling? And to give them help with some of the language around feelings. You know, I think that's incredibly important, especially for our littler ones. Right. Um, There was a great article, I think it was in the New York Times, about this idea of anticipatory grief, that part of what we're experiencing, right, and you kind of alluded to this in the story, is that what one of the things that people are concerned about is what will happen? You know, will someone I know die? Will I die? How many people will die? And how will this impact? What's going to happen to our economy? What's going to happen to our businesses? How... How are we going to be able to stay in our home if we're not working? You know, all of those things are being played out around children. And it's incredibly terrifying for children to have that sense of safety um, removed from their everyday life. And so what we as parents can do, um, foster parents, I know that's another area when we're talking about parenting. Mm -hmm. There are kids who've already had trauma in their lives. And they're now being impacted on top of that trauma with this additional trauma to be aware of that often what looks like people refer to as snarky behavior or misbehavior or attention seeking Mm -hmm. behavior is really about connection seeking behavior, right? They're really looking to connect with someone because their behavior is always communicative. It's telling us that their internal emotional landscape has been upended and they're trying to find a way to reduce their levels of anxiety and stress and also to reach out and connect. And often that doesn't look like we think it should look, right? They don't know how how to do that. that. Oh, yeah, and I was just going to say that the thing is they're also watching us. Absolutely. Watching you, you know, parents, adults around and how are you handling this? Right. You know, is your family finding ways to really function at home, um, together, bringing a sense of humor, you know, when that's appropriate? Um, if you are a religious family, are you making time for the spiritual? Spiritual is very important for yes. kids, even if there's no specific, you know, denomination or religion yes. in the family. Um, are you reaching out to others, right. you know, in appropriate ways, of course, right. um, perhaps donating some things, um, maybe putting positive messages on social media, 
All of that right. is um, the kids are watching. What are we doing? Right. Are 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 we screaming and yelling? Right. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. What are we doing? And right. I saw in the news some great um, examples of this, like kids, a couple of kids visiting um, someone they know. I, I I don't know if it was a grandmother or whoever in assisted living. Yeah. Um, of course, they couldn't go in. So they were at the window playing tic-tac-toe yeah. on the window from the, you know, the, yeah. the person was on the inside, yeah. they were on the outside. Or there's another uh, news item was uh, neighbors coming out just on their porches or right outside their homes right. every night and singing yeah. and dancing around. Right. And, We've seen it all over the world, know, right? right, where people are reaching out from their own spaces to try to connect to those around yeah. them. And kids are doing the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. They're trying yeah. to reach out to those around. And so their their friends become critical in this, too. Right. We we need to help facilitate them connecting with their childhood friends who they have relationships with to keep those relationships yes. going and healthy. I think that's incredibly important. And another experience I've had around this has been with some adolescents and because of their access right to social media and to the things they see, there's a lot of misinformation out there too. Mm. And so a lot of conspiracy theories and people are, you know, looking to do people harm because of this virus and, and that kind of thing. So I think it's really critical to have those literacy lessons, right, around media, like to understand that you need to critically think about what you're seeing yeah. and hearing. Um, there was a video that um, uh, one of the teenagers showed me that was a uh, Chinese film, and it had English subtitles, and it was saying uh, that was made a couple years ago, and in that little clip of the movie, it was saying that you know they were developing a coronavirus that was going to kill ninety per ninety oh, percent of people. Gosh. So what was interesting about that is that I had to make the point. She was like. This is, you see what's happening out there? Yeah. This is what this is. Yeah. And I said, well, hold on. <laughs> First of all, it's in a language that we don't speak, so we don't really know, right, what they're saying. <laughs> right. Somebody put those words in the captions in front of that language, and then they shared it with their response. So someone's watching that, and they're very agitated about what mm. they're watching, and they shared that video. And then someone else shared a video, I think, on Facebook about how the whole virus is a hoax and there's nobody in hospitals here in the United States. And so this was sent to me from someone in Australia. And so you can see on both sides, right? There's a lot of information that people um, are sharing without ever stopping to go, let me think about wait, this. Wait, yeah. This? <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're certainly, you know, adolescents then internalize all of this information mm. and then start to become severely anxious and depressed because they feel a lack of control and a lack of connection because they can't trust the adults in their world, right? If this is what adults are doing, yeah, right. right? Then, so we have to be really careful about how we share information with children and adolescents. And we have to be open to their concerns and anxieties and not dismiss them either. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of, we're fine, don't worry about it, it's not going to touch us, um, is... Uh, a way that some parents address mm -hmm. the emotion. They don't, they're uncomfortable with the emotionality that, that it's children bring. the other bring. side. Of, right, yeah. right. <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. It is. Yeah. So, the, but all of those things in between, right? Yeah. So we, it, it is a really complicated time yeah. for parents, for kids. And really, ultimately, we need to be kind to each other. We need to be kind to our children. We need to help our children 
communicate in a way that they can be kind to those around them um, so that they don't feel bad about acting out and doing mm-hmm. things that are going to hurt other people because then they carry that on top of what was making them initially upset and angry um, about the situation. So it's a complicated, complex time. Right. And um, a great a great time to, I mean, in school, one of the things that's emphasized a lot, especially in literature, history, those yeah. kinds of things, right. is ha- how to analyze information. Right. You know, critical thinking and Absolutely. coming to conclusions and what are you basing this on and right. what's your evidence for this and right. the research to do. So this is a great time to actually do real life right. lessons right. in this, right? Right. And that's yeah. the best part of, of having this extended time together because mm-hmm. we rarely have extended time. We, we as teachers always say there's never enough time to get through everything we right. want to get through. But we need to have time to really have these deep, meaningful conversations that we can come back to again and again with kids and with adolescents. You know, we really have a gift in that we have time now to do some things that we've all wanted to participate in, but often because of scheduling that we Mm -hmm. have, that we don't get to spend that kind Mm -hmm. of extended time. So critical thinking questions, you know, conversations, um, and also appreciation conversations, how much you appreciate your children, how much they appreciate each other, Mm -hmm. or they appreciate you so that everyone can start to recognize everyone else's strengths. We talk about strengths all the time. And now's a time to really recognize in each other the things that we bring to the table that are uniquely ours. And everybody has those strengths. We all have strengths that we can share Mm -hmm. with each other. And by focusing on strengths, when this is over, people will be stronger. Right. Right. Yeah. And also, I wanted to um, bring up that, you know, the technology we have, like you mentioned, it can be um, a source of fear and anxiety and all of that because of misinformation. And, you know, so there's always a bad side to everything. But... However, we are so lucky Absolutely. to have this technology that we can connect still with people using all of the different video conferencing formats, you know, all of that, right. which um, we couldn't have done right. if this had happened, I don't know. Thir- right. Well, and it did. I mean, right, we right, had plagues and right, things right. in the past. But, but people were really it, on their own then. Yeah, and now we don't have to be. Own. They right? couldn't connect um, or even do the kind of research that we're talking about. Let's say, you know. Okay, kids, let's figure out. Let's go online. Let's really yeah. see who's saying what and yeah. what you know, what's going on here, yeah. what's true, what isn't true, yeah. that kind of thing. So so we also have great opportunities um to use the technology that Absolutely. we have in great ways. Recently I've been reading uh Tattoos on the Heart mm-hmm. by Father Greg Boyle. He's the founder of Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. And um in one part he quotes Thick Not Han. Um, who said, happiness only comes from kindness and compassion. And you had referred to that. I mean, I, <laughs> he, He's one of my heroes, yes. too. Take on, both of them. Yeah, both yeah. of these people. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, especially now, this is so true. It's a good time to bring more kindness and compassion within our families, our communities, and our world. We know lots of people out there are doing amazing things right. to help with the situation. And to be great examples, you know, for our kids, because that's what they will remember, you know, in the long run, and that's what will sustain them. Right. And that's what it means to be a give and take person. Exactly. We've been talking about. 
I'm going to see if you have, you know, a few other things to say um, to wrap up, but I do want to tell everybody that if you'd like more information about anything we've talked about, you can email me, Mary Emma, m at learningsuccesscoach.com. You can also call us, 805-648-1739. All of us at Learning Success Institute are available by phone or video conference if anyone would like coaching to make school at home easier and more successful during this time. And this is also a good time to find out about all the ways your children learn best. Um, their learning strengths, like Edie um, referred to earlier, um, or as we call them, their power traits. Um, there's great information about this on our website, powertraitsforlife.com. It's all free. You can go there and get lots of ideas on how to structure things for different personalities, different uh, styles um, in, in your family for the different kids that you have. And if you'd like to go deeper and give your kids the self-portrait online assessment for learning strengths, we've set up a special link that gives you a discount of $10 off the regular price of $35. So the special link is in the podcast description um, for this podcast. It's on powertraitsforlife.com and also on our Facebook page, Power Traits for Life. So there's anything else that you'd like to uh, mention or Well, you know, you and I have talked kind of throughout all of this of thinking about the variety of people who this must be especially hard for. And so I just want to remind people to reach out to people um, who are home alone, who are elderly, but also to those children who are not as socially connected as other kids and that they could use, you know, some attention from some of their classmates in a way that we might not think about in this particular time because we're so focused on ourselves and, and taking care of. Um, but try to figure out if you can reach out to people in your own family, in your mm. own way who ha you haven't connected with yet. And just um, let's expand our connections. Yeah, definitely. There's um, people are setting up little Zoom meetings yes. or even having little concerts. I mean, even yes. celebrities are doing it. They're having yeah. concerts yeah. with everybody's in their own house and they're, yeah. and they're all playing and singing yeah. together. Well, one of my favorite ones I saw this morning was um, the original cast from Hamilton yes, I sang saw that. for that uh, for a little girl who was supposed to go see Hamilton and yes. for her birthday and couldn't go. So they all sang to her. And it like gave me chills because it was so beautiful. And of so. course it's available and everybody Absolutely. can watch it. Right. So all of these things yes. are great. Yeah. Great so examples. there's so much beauty in the world. So Absolutely. look for the beauty. And yeah. as Fred Rogers said, right? Look yes. for the helpers. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, thanks again, Edie. I'm sure what you've shared will be very beneficial for our listeners. And um, again, we hope you stay well and safe. And you too. <laughs> And um, we'll talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now.